It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you listening. I'm Chloe Thomas. I'm the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. So if you've got an e-commerce problem you would like my help to solve, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com and click on work with Chloe. And uh, there you'll find a link to a form to fill in and I will get back to you within one working day with my thoughts on your problem. I apologise in this podcast for the sound of my voice today. I am very bunged up with a lovely summer cold. Um, So please just bear with it and hopefully there'll be no sneezing, hacking, coughing or any of that. Right, now we've got that out of the way, I'm going to introduce you to our special guest. Gary Amstutz has been running e-commerce businesses since 2005, serving the B2B office supplies market in South Africa. For Gary, it all started with rubberstampsa.co.za, and he now also runs, wait for it, businesscardsa.co.za, namebadgesa.co.za, planprintsa.co.za, and stickerandlabelsa.co.za. And across those five separate websites, Gary and his team serve over 40,000 customers across South Africa. Hello, Gary. Hello, Chloe, and hello to your listeners. It's fantastic to be on your podcast today. It's great to have you here too. Now, I've given our listeners a quick overview of you, your business, and where you are right now, but how did you get started in e-commerce way back in 2005? That's a very, very long story, and I'll try and keep it to the short (laughs) version. But um, yeah, if I sort of track back a little bit then, um, following school, I started university and um, did a course in law um, for my sins. (laughs) It was a five-year degree, and then Mm -hmm. sort of when I was finished that, um, took a little bit of a gap year then and uh, traveled the world, um, got to do all those kind of odd jobs that one does when one's traveling the world. Mm-hmm. I learned, learned a lot of very, very valuable lessons along the way, some of which helped me in, in later life, especially in e-commerce as well. Um, and then came back to South Africa with every intent to get back into the legal field. Um, and as these things happen, per chance, happened to run into a family friend that had just opened up a Postnet franchise. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Postnet. I think no, they're no. A they're a global brand um, originating in the States. They're a business and courier services franchise then. Um, and one thing led to another. We got talking. And before we knew it, I think a couple of months later, we'd signed the agreement and we were trading. Um, and that was that was a 15-year journey. I think I had the, the store, eventually had a manager running that and um, sold it to him. We actually put a, a very fantastic deal together. And um, after a couple of years, he's now the proud owner of the store, which, oh, was, cool. which was really, really fantastic to do then. But um, yeah, during that time, um, we're obviously always looking for new products and services to introduce into the product mix over and above those provided by the franchise. Mm-hmm. And at some stage, we looked at rubber stamps, um, found a fantastic supplier. Um, they're a global supplier called Trodat. I'm sure you probably got their rubber stamps in, in the UK as well and probably all over the world at this stage. And uh, forged a relationship with them and started manufacturing stamps for our postnet business and for our customers in that immediate area. Um, it was a standalone business at that stage. Um, and yeah, we, I think we, we grew from strength to strength. We did a couple of stamps the first month and as it went on a little bit more and so it went on. 
And then I started hearing probably around 2004 about um, you know, early stage development in South Africa. We started hearing about the World Wide Web and the internet and online selling and all of those type of things, um, largely through a colleague of mine who was, I think, quite a trailblazer at that stage. And he didn't have an online shop himself, um, but he knew quite a bit about it and was running a little bit of a course. It's, as one of my colleagues says, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> true. Quite, one of my favorite things of all time. Then you know, I use it quite often. Um, yeah, but uh, I did about a year's worth of research, um, bearing in mind at that stage, I think we just migrated from dial-up. <laughs> I don't think we had ADSL there, so we had very, very low internet speed. It was quite difficult to do anything. I subscribed to a, a course, I think it was a US-based course then on online retailing and e-commerce, which came with a CD, <laughs> came in the post, you know, and a, a stack yeah. of files, <laughs> really old school basically then. Um, but it was really interesting and obviously some of the stuff is out of date, but some of the lessons in there amazingly, you know, I still carry through to today. So it was definitely, a, again, a bit of a trailblazing course. Um, and again, just to cut it short, I think it took me about six months to get through the course and then start implementing a few things. Um, it was very, very new in South Africa in terms of the whole online retail space. Mm-hmm. Then there were very few web developers, uh, but it took me probably another three or four months to find a, a decent web development company um, who actually ended up being not too bad. Um, and then we launched in 2005, um, our first site, which was obviously Rubberstamp SA, uh, really, really knowing absolutely nothing about e-commerce. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't sure whether we'd get a single order. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the first month, lo and behold, we got two orders. And I think to anybody else, that would have been an absolute failure. <laughs> you know, at that stage, we're probably serving sort of three to 500 customers in our retail outlet then. That was a day, not a, not a mm. month. And to get two single orders the whole month appeared to be an absolute disaster. But from my perspective, it wasn't. It was exact opposite then. It was just a validation that everything we'd done up until that point um, was the right way to go about doing things and was a success. So, you know, people that we didn't know were finding us outside of our geographic area, which was a revelation at those stages then. Um, they were not only prepared to sort of browse through our site, but the site seemed to be easy to use. Again, credit to the web developers at that stage. And the big thing for us at that stage was um, that they were prepared to part with their credit card details. Um, and obviously, one thing led to another. I think the next month we did a bit more and a bit more, and obviously the business grew, and and here we are today. Then, oh, Gary, that's you say. You know that just a handful of orders in month one, most people would have been disappointed with. But I think back in two thousand and five, anyone would have been happy with that because you know these days we say, "Ah, oh, chuck it on Shopify, give it a bit of test, spend a tenner on Facebook ads, see what happens." And that just wasn't an an uh, an option back then. So that was kind of like the test in itself was. You know, could we even get a website live, let alone anything else? So I, th- I think that's brilliant. And it's been, I want to kind of dive into how you made some of the decisions over the last, uh, what, 13 years as you've grown the business. But before we do that, could you just um, tell us a little bit more about how the business is right now? So obviously you're in South Africa. Do you sell only to businesses in, in South Africa or do you sell more, more widespread than that? We do. Um, yeah, I mean, South Africa is, again, quite big, um, still a, a very, very immature e-commerce uh, market. 
I'm not quite sure on the stats. Unfortunately, there are no real reliable stats. Um, but I'd estimate probably about 2% of all retail sales are happening online at the moment. And that's really an estimate. Whereas I know in the oh. UK, for example, you guys are about 50% already there. Um, so yeah, there's, there's still a lot of challenges. Um, internet access uh, was a big one until recently. A lot of the population here still don't have reasonable internet access, which isn't great if you're running an e-commerce <laughs> business. Um, but, but other than that, uh, yeah, I, I think there's, there's still plenty of scope then. In terms of our business, at this stage, um, just to give you a little bit of an overview mm. of where we are at the moment, we're probably doing up to about 100 orders a day, um, obviously bearing in mind that those are all customizable and personalized products then. Um, so we're not just selling widgets. Um, there's a lot of manufacturing and printing involved there. So it's sort of a reasonable number and keeps us busy during the day. We'll probably hit eight figures for the first time next year, um, which is really rewarding, you know, considering the fact, as we were saying earlier, that yeah. we started doing one it's, at some stage. Um, it's probably taken us a little bit longer than we originally expected, um, although how long is too long? <laughs> well, um, yeah. you know, we, of, we often hear of these real fast internet success stories, and they are magnificent. Um, but I think, you know, un unless you've got a really, really big team or a lot of money at the outset, um, it's difficult to grow at that speed then. Um, and most importantly, even if you are growing at that speed, it's quite difficult to do it sustainably. Um, mm. what, what we found, I think we've probably grown at about 40% on average, which I think is still reasonable for any business over the last couple of years. Um, but that, that growth rate has been pretty good for us. Then it's enabled us to sort of plug any holes, whether it's on the customer services side, on the production side, or any of sort of the other fields of our business then, um, before they become a major problem where I know a lot of internet businesses, um, especially ones that are sort of funded, you know, from the venture capital direction who come in with a, a bootful of cash <laughs> um, and they the growing pains are sometimes so large um, that it sinks the business, unfortunately, then. So uh, I'm actually quite happy with the way we've grown. Um, I guess I could always have a little bit more then, but the curve has definitely been exponential um, and, you know, we anticipate a, a lot bigger and greater growth over the next couple of years or so. And then I think, as you mentioned earlier, we sort of got a national customer base of over 40,000 customers now, many of them repeat customers. It's, it's something that we absolutely passionate about is customer service um, and that we service with I think a reasonably small team of 13. Um, I know on some of your other shows you're very interesting listening to people who perhaps run at a slightly smaller level and mm -hmm. some at a larger level. I think again the thing to bear in mind from our side two aspects in which may, may make our team a little bit be uh, bigger than we've got at the moment then um, is the fact that uh, we obviously have a personalized and a customized service then. So we're not just selling widgets then. I think that's a big thing. Probably yeah. half our team is on the production side at this stage. Um, the other thing is, again, I, I can't stress this enough, but, but we absolutely religious when it comes to customer service. I go as far as saying that's sort of one of our USPs then um, to, to have the type of product mix that we've got and still be able to deliver overnight in South Africa with the vast distances we've got, I think is something really special, even in this country where service levels sometimes aren't fantastic. So we've probably gone a bit bigger than we need to on the customer services side. But that's enabled us, for example, on our live chat to sort of cut the average response, down, response time down to, I think we're about 20, 25 seconds at this stage wow. then um, during working hours. Um, email, we obviously use a, a help desk now, which we migrated to a couple of years back then. But our average sort of first time response to email is also well under a minute. I think it's sort of 45 seconds to a minute or so then. Um, and that's that's a USP, you know, like it or not. Mm. It's so important that that first response time, whether it's a telephone, whether it's a chat, whether it's an email, it almost sets the tone, you know, for the whole rest of the relationship 
you know, maybe for the next 10 or 15 years, hopefully then with a customer. And it's, it's one of those interesting things, which, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I spent a bit of time in Australia getting to know how their e-commerce industry is, which is, you know, not as advanced as the UK. And likewise, South Africa is in the same place. And what's quite interesting is the, the, um, the growth curve or the, the adoption curve of the market in countries such as South Africa and Australia is that bit faster because you can learn from what's going on in the more developed countries. It's like you look at the UK and it's like, oh, customer service, absolutely essential if you want you know, to grow and if you want to be successful. So it's like, right, okay, we can take the lessons from there and you're delivering over and above what I would imagine the, you know, the consumer in South Africa is currently expecting. So it's kind of cool that you can learn from the more um, developed e-commerce market marketplaces and then, re- or not retrofit that, but go, right, we know that's going to be an important thing for us to get right. So we're going to invest in that now and we know it's going to pay dividends over the next 5, 10, 15 years. You're 100% right. I can't remember which guest it was on your show, but they used a, a lovely phrase standing on, on someone's shoulders sort of to view ahead or, mm. or something along that ilk then. And, and it's pretty much the same thing. Um, I have a colleague in Germany who, who pretty much runs a, a very, very similar business to ours. Also rubber stamps, also started kind of as a one-man band and has grown to a massive cool. business. I think they're now doing something like a thousand orders a day. <laughs> um, so a really, really big player. And it was interesting. They started probably about five years behind us and we're still quite a way behind, but their growth, their growth is pretty much tracking our one as well then. So it's, it's definitely interesting to see. And again, valuable lessons to be able to be learned just by talking to people and listening and learning and you know, listening to podcasts like yourselves that we were discussing before the show and I think it's so so valuable to everyone so I think already in advance thank you very very much for your time and you know for sharing sharing the word so to speak oh thank you okay let's talk you mentioned that you've got a lot of a lot of your team on the customer services side of things are you doing everything in-house including all your marketing or have you outsourced a few things Pretty much everything, Chloe. Um, yeah. Again, I think we mentioned before the show, uh, I'm a little bit of a, a late adopter sometimes, although with pretty much everything in my life, we sit at the bleeding edge um, of technology. And um, I downloaded Audible the other day for the first time, and I'm reading um, the first book, a free one that came with it was Tony Shea's book um, on delivering happiness. Oh, um, it's a brilliant sure book. Probably read then. Uh, and the Audible book was extra special, obviously having him narrated as well. Um and I don't know, it's, it's quite a sort of an emotional journey for me sort of listening to this book then because a lot of the philosophies and concepts that I've been trying to push over the last 13 years have been a little bit upstream and against the grain then. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I think, is one of them. Um, you know, the sort of the standard wisdom. And I know you've had a couple of guests in your show um, who sort of profess this as well. And maybe different industries are different. Uh, obviously, in the sort of early 2000s, dropshipping was the big thing then. Um, and a lot of people, I think, naturally don't want to do a whole lot themselves. Um, they have a sort of a different mindset when it comes to e-commerce and want to farm out everything. And I, I think, I don't know, I think the divide is if you're doing sort of a, a widget type, type offering on your, um, on your online retailing shop, then I think it's, it's possibly okay. I think in our case where we offer such a personalized and a customized product mix, mm-hmm. um, I've never felt it's right. I, I felt in order to, to, delight the customer, to exceed every single expectation of the customer, we have to keep all of the stuff in-house then. Um, and that's what we've done. At this stage, the only thing that we outsource is the web development. 
Um, we've been through, <laughs> it's another long story, but we've been through <laughs> many, many web developers over the last couple of years, unfortunately, not by choice. Yeah. Um, and finally, in the last six months or so, that we, we found an absolutely fantastic partner who understands us, um, is, is great on all those things that <laughs> sometimes web developers aren't, you know, communication, project management, <laughs> um, soft skills, and all those other yeah. nice things. And it's a good fit as well, which I think is very important for any vendor then going forward. So um, they work well with us, and I think we work well with them. And, and that's something I think definitely needs to be outsourced. Um, the other thing, which I've only started recently, um, just by chance, I happened to um, run across a, a lady who I think has a degree in um, a degree in communication, and she's also worked in an agency for a while, and uh, she does some fantastic content marketing. Then, so we've recently employed her and just done a little bit of testing, just um, with regards to writing some articles. Then, and we've kind of gone full circle because we used to do quite a bit of content marketing right in the beginning in our journey yeah. from an SEO perspective, and then all the nice flashy things came. <laughs> we almost neglected what well, we did. We neglected content marketing for quite a long time, sort of in, a, in its truest sense of the word then. And uh, I must say, sort of you're working together with her, we really have come full circle and um, you obviously can't see the results immediately, I think. Um, maybe that's why it's not as sexy as some of the other flash in the pan type marketing channels. Um, but in terms of our business and sustainability and building a brand, um, I think it's it's definitely on the right track again. And I'm really, really glad to have her on board. And she's kind of a, she's a freelancer, but almost part of the team as well. But aside from that, um, uh, again, production, manufacturing, everything in-house. Um, so kind of when the order comes through, um, as it goes through the production chain, looking at quality control, looking at dispatch, um, obviously post-dispatch, then looking at customer inquiries and things like that, everything's done in-house. So we've got complete control of that customer cycle then. Excellent. And you mentioned about your your journey to find the right web developers, which um, I know many many e-commerce businesses go on that journey and it takes quite a while to find them, um, to find that right fit for you. So I'm guessing on that basis, your five sites are probably on different platforms. Would that be a fair guess? Um, you're absolutely right. Um, I think we've got we've got now the latest two are on WooCommerce, um, mm-hmm. and we can maybe talk about why we chose that. Eventually, we, we had a lot of different options, and eventually settled on that. Um, we have an older one which is also on WooCommerce, but it's completely different um, development yep. and design. Uh, and then we have a bespoke site before that, and the older site, which happens to be forming the best, um, is actually the Rubber Stamp SA site, which is now seven years old. Um, and it's, it's still, it's not the prettiest site in the world, um, but it still works fantastically well. It's fast. The code was probably ahead of its time at that stage. Uh, but it has got to a stage at the stage where um, we've developed this complete new platform. Uh, we started to get a little bit more professional about our branding. I'm embarrassed to say at the beginning, we were a little bit all over the place then. Um, so if you look at our two newer sites, Sticker and Label SA and Plan Print SA, you can see although they're on different domains and have different names. There's a consistent look and feel coming through in terms of um, what we stand for in our brand generally then. There's also obviously internal links to our, all of the other sites if you sort of bring down the top menu over there. And the plan is over the next um, three to six months is to get the three legacy sites onto the new platform as well. Cool. Yeah, it's um. I, I always think one of the things of having multiple sites means you get to try you get to try out different things, but that that shouldn't be a long term strategy, because it's so much easier if everything's on the same thing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So one of one of the things that we wanted to do with the um with the new journey and obviously discuss that with our new developers 
Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's possibly a too long a conversation for this podcast then, but again, one of the, the ways in which I've sort of swum upstream, so to speak, then is every person and his dog <laughs> have, have told me that um, we're absolutely crazy. We're spending too much money. We're wasting time. We're making things complicated by putting everything on two separate domains and separate sites then. That's, you know, the first thing they say is why don't you just put everything on one site? You know, you have one payment gateway, um, one backend, and, and, and. Um, and the reason for us doing so is I just found whether it was for humans or for the search engines, it was just so important to just focus on what we were doing. <laughs> and that was sort of going to be our niche and our strategy from 2005, and it still is today. Uh, and I think it's proven correct. Um, you know, if, if someone's looking for rubber stamps, for example, um, you know, some of our competitors, for example, run AdWords, AdWords campaigns in competition with us. And you click on a, a link to a so-called rubber stamp site, then, and it's a stationary site, for example. And, and on top of the fold, you can't see a single image or a single word about rubber stamps. <laughs> and I don't think that's so clever from a human point of view. I think, you know, they'll probably look at it for two or three seconds and march on. And I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm not an SEO expert, but I'm sure, pretty sure it's, it's not great from an SEO perspective as well. So we maybe made things difficult for ourselves a little bit then, but um, I think in the long run, it has proven to be successful and, and hopefully will continue to do so. The, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, which we thought we were able to do, um, I believe Magento has, has a feature that we can do it is to have all the front ends on separate domains. Um, but have a common backend, which uh, means that if a customer is, for example, shopping on our rubber stamp site, um, they'd be able to complete an order for a rubber stamp. And then normally with a top nav bar on the top, they could quickly go over to the next site, which would be name badge SA, again, on a separate domain with all the SEO mm. goodness that comes with it then. But the critical thing is they'd be able to put it in one cart and then check out then. Um, and to us, that would have been the perfect thing in the world. And we were fairly close to making the decision to go ahead, um, but it was on Magento. <laughs> yeah, and, there's, there's uh, a there's a couple of different platforms where you can do that sort of thing. And I'm never quite sure whether it's whether it's worth it or not. You know, whether yeah. whether a customers definitely want to buy from multiple versions at that same moment in time. It's, uh, I, I, I think it's an interesting I, I don't one. I don't have the answer, but, but I think we eventually, we settled on not making things too complicated on going with what was working for us at the time. Mm. Another big factor for us, um, which makes it really, really difficult from a marketing and uh, integration automation perspective is probably only about 25% of our sales happen directly online. Um, you know, being such a customized and personalized product mix. Um, the customers will find us on their mobile phone, for example. They'll um, then usually go onto a desktop device to have a little bit more of a look um, and then ultimately inquire, um, be it through a contact form or on the live chat or a telephone. And quite often then from then onwards, the rest of the transaction actually happens online or rather offline then. Yeah, um, in, so that makes talking to one of your customer services team. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and then following up from an email, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a little bit of an added complication for us. And I'd love for everything to happen online. It would make the collection of data <laughs> a lot easier, integrations a lot easier, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the nature of the business means it just doesn't. And I, I don't think we can and we should fight it because, again, I think we're providing an extra USP there. You know, it takes a, a lot of money, a lot of resources to get to a stage 
where you can service a customer like that. And like some of the email exchanges to order one name badge will be sort of in, <laughs> in the 30 to 40 email range then. And again, I think if you talk to anyone in e-commerce, they'll say, well, that's going backwards. You know, the idea with e-commerce is to simplify things. You know, people should order when you're asleep in bed and the whole thing should happen automatically then, automatically, as my colleague likes to say. Um, yeah, I guess in an ideal world, yes. And we, we do have several tips and tricks to encourage and incentivize people to go online and make their purchase online. Um, but ultimately, people need a bit of a holding hand, um, especially in our case, you know, where um, whether it's a customized stamp or a specific set of name badges. Uh, when we get to the plan printing and the sticker and label side, there's a whole lot of different options and uh, they just, they just need a helping hand. And sometimes even having the chat there, um, they're not that comfortable. And again, bearing in mind that online shopping in South Africa is still quite new. So people, you know, maybe they've ordered a book or a CD and booked a flight. I think a lot of people in this country have got that far in terms of e-commerce. Um, but going any more than that, people are a little bit unsure. And I think everybody else has just said, well, you know, that's the way we do it. Like it or leave it. And from our perspective, we said, well, you know, we'll hold your hand through the journey then. And it doesn't surprise me at all, given your product range and the type of customers you're servicing. I think you'll have heard the interview I had with uh, with Neil Cocker of Ramp T-shirts. I did indeed, yeah. It was very, yeah, very interesting. Brilliant guy. And they've done everything they can to improve and make as frictionless as possible that online journey. Still, 80% of their orders involve human interaction. So it's, it's, such, yeah. it's not a necessary evil. It's a necessary opportunity of the sales process, I think, when you're selling a personalized B2B. You know, we've got the, you've got the double whammy of personalized and a B2B customer. It's just, it's just essential, really. And I would also say, you know, you said a lot of people have criticized you from having the five separate websites. I think, you know, you are streets ahead by having the five separate websites because of the fact that the website, the, you know, the internet runs on keywords. And if you can have, and, and people like simplicity as well. So if you can have a website that's purely about stickers and labels, a website that is purely about rubber stamps, it's going to make everything easier. And I think that's far, far more valuable than having, you know, bundling it all up into one website. But I, before we go into the top tips, I wanted to come back to one thing you keyed up earlier, which I do have to ask you about. You've just been through a, another big process in the last six months of finding the right web developer for you. You said you nearly went down the Magento route. Um, you've clearly, you know, really gone through a thorough process. Why did you go with WooCommerce? That is an excellent question, Chloe, then. And I, I hope I can give you an excellent answer. <laughs> I'm sure you um, will. Yeah, we, we, we really, well, from my side, really grappled with it right at the beginning. Um, I always had a perception. I think it was true. Obviously, you know, with WooCommerce, WordPress coming from sort of a blogging background, um, that it was the poor man's e-commerce option then. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe I did stand in my ivory tower a little bit at the beginning. Um, I just had a look at sort of sites that were sort of WordPress slash WooCommerce then, and they all looked very templatey in the early days then. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, just digressing a little bit, but one of your guests, I think at some stage, spoke about sort of a micro due diligence process, you know, for for customers then. And there's a whole lot of stuff that's interesting in the psychology that goes on in the background then um, and things like reviews and, you know, page load speed and all these things are happening in the mind of the customer, even though they don't realize that automatically then. And to me… WordPress just failed one of those sort of critical aspects of that micro due diligence process then. But things have evolved. You know, obviously it's one of the, I think the fastest um, growing platforms around. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Shopify at this stage is, is probably gearing up to be the leader. Um, obviously a fantastic platform in its own right then. Um, so ultimately it was kind of a toss up between Shopify and WooCommerce. And you know, what swayed me, two things. One is we found 
the really perfect web developer. <laughs> I didn't think yeah. that was out there. Um, <laughs> it's, it's such a great team that I'm going into business with them on another project then, you know, which, which shows how fantastically we get on then. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously they, they were a WooCommerce development house then. And ironically, the way that I found them, I was looking for another project that I was looking on. It just happened to be that they'd done a site um, along those lines. And I came across it. And to be honest, I couldn't tell at that stage that it was a WooCommerce site. And I think that was the, um, the, yeah, the that, turning. That's always a... Oh, really? It's Woo? That, I did it. Woo, yeah, excellent. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the UX and the UI on that site were fantastic. It, it really, really is an amazing site. Um, and some of, I think some of that is sort of transferred onto our site. Then they've got a great, great team of graphic designers, um, a separate team of web developers and really do a fantastic thing. I think the, the second thing, and this is probably the most pivotal, pivotal point when I sat with Chris, um, who's the, the CEO of the web development agency. I, I didn't quite understand at that stage. Maybe there were some barriers in my head as to, um, how much custom development you could do on WooCommerce. You know, again, I had these blinkers on and I thought it was pretty much what you see is what you get. Um, I think much like sort of a standard Shopify site, um, or a couple of the open cards that are available. Um, uh, in, in you know, the once- hands of a, of a talented, WooCommerce or, you know, even WordPress expert, it's a, it's a phenomenal tool. Absolutely. So, so I just, you know, we've traditionally gone with spoke sites from the beginning because that was the only way in which we could get the level of customization that we were looking Mm -hmm. for. And um, I don't do any programming myself, but I'm very pedantic about every last little detail, you know, from a UX and a UI perspective. But, you know, Chris showed me that um, we could get all the benefits that came with having the platform, Um, you know, having a mature platform, having plugins and integrations and a growing community of developers and customers, et cetera, et cetera. But on top of that, we could do a huge amount of customized development, mm-hmm. um, which we weren't able necessarily to do on some of the other platforms. So it, it was a it was a little bit of a risk. It was a, quite a leap of faith, so to speak, at the beginning. But I am ecstatic about the outcome. Um, I think we got a site which looks fantastic. Um, we did, I think, much like um, was it Neil from Ram T-shirts? I think you said then. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so important, I think, to get that journey right, um, to get that balance between handholding and making sure that you can get the customer through that process as quickly as possible, you know, from A to B. Um, we, we started and was something very, very new to us then. Um, started the order journey now right on the homepage then. Um, so for stickers and labels, for example, um, the first thing that you see on the homepage is a little box on the right-hand side saying order now. And we found, obviously, in the many, many years that we've been in business, even though all our pricings on our sites, so the first thing the customer would always ask is, <laughs> you know, how, much? how much does this cost? <laughs> yeah. um, so literally, I mean, you enter three variables, which is literally, the you know the two dimensions for the sticker that you or label that you want to order um you put in the quantity and right then and then you get a price straight away if you're happy with that price you press a button the second screen you're already uploading your design or you're customizing mm-hmm. using our design wizard which also came out really nicely um, and then you know that takes at a customer today that said they from the time that they started searching for us to the time the order was placed i think was under 10 minutes then which i think for a customizable product is fantastic Excellent. And um, given you love this agency so much, are you willing to name name them? Absolutely. They're, they're called CCS, Creative Coffee Studio. Um, and they're run by a team headed um, by three fantastic partners, um, Chris and Chelsea Micklewood. Uh, Chelsea has recently become a mum for the second time. So congrats, Chelsea, if you're listening to this. And uh, Scotty, Scott Smith, who's the developer then now. Yeah. Marvellous. And I'll make sure there's a link to them in the show notes for you all. Fantastic. I'd love that. Thank you. 
Yeah, well, no problem. If they're doing that good a job, more people need to know about them. (laughs) Okay, Gary, I think it's time we hit the top tips. So as you and all our listeners know, um, I love this section because it gives me and all of us some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Do you know, I was dreading this question because <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't read a book for a long, long time, um, which is not to say I don't read. I probably read more than a book a day, <laughs> but that's just consuming things as I go along. Um, thankfully, a colleague of mine, again, I'm a little bit of a later doctor, um, introduced me to Audible. And I think, as I may have mentioned earlier, the first book um, that I started listening to is Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. Um, if you're in e-commerce um, and you haven't yet read the book or listened um, to the audio book, then this is the one you should start with. Oh, so true. Um, okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Sure, I'm going to swim upstream again over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, having bus- been in business for a while, I think there's there's always a, a, a sexy um, glittery new thing down the line, you know, um, and I, I think it's tempting sometimes to jump onto whatever that is, um, whether it is AdWords now coming full circle, whether it's Facebook marketing, whether it's Instagram, whether it's PR, whether it's content marketing. I think ultimately, um, and I think Tony Shea says that in the book as well, you know, all of those sort of USPs, you know, you can kind of sort of copy then ultimately what you need to do is you get you need to get a couple of things right, and that's to do with your people, your customers, your infrastructure, and your culture, I think, then. Um, and I think if you can work on those, as outlandish and weird as it sounds, I think the rest kind of falls into place then. Um, the other thing I think uh, sort of leading on from that then is, is to do things more consistently rather than going for the flash in the pan stuff then. Excellent. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I'm sure all of these are going to be um, ones that your your listeners have, have used or are using, um, but we couldn't survive without Slack. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah, I, I'm not sure if it affected you as well, but Slack had, as far as I was aware, one of their first international outages yesterday for about two or three hours, and we were it, like a fish out of water then. <laughs> it, it didn't affect me, but I saw a lot of people so, po- posting on social media about the drag it was about actually having to talk to their team members in the real yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, so, so Slack, without a doubt, um, you know, we, we, we dropped traditional email entirely um, about 18 months ago, and we did almost simultaneously Simultaneously, all internal emails, um, and it's amazing. Slack is just so fantastic to use. Uh, one of the tests, I think litmus tests for a great product is the fact that without any coaching, it can be implemented seamlessly. And this happened within about two or three hours from my team. And I tried a lot wow. of products before, and it took it took days and weeks, and no one really got the hang of it. And no one adopted it then. The adoption rate was just so quick over there. So, yeah, so we were, we Slack evangelists. We use it all the time and obviously starting to use some of the more complex and integrated features, bringing in apps and things like that as well. Um, the other thing, if you've got time quickly, yeah, yeah, go uh, for it. Um, at the same time for external emails, 
again, a little bit embarrassed because we were a little bit slow adopters there. Um, we were sort of working on normal email, though it, um, it wasn't a Gmail address. It was obviously a domain-related email, but we had a series of emails and forwards. And as we were growing, it just got it got nasty and horrible then. Um, I, I'd looked around for a long time at various help desks, um, had, a, had a very good look at Zendesk, um, which at the time was one of the leading ones. But it was just, again, I don't know if it was me, but I found it really, really complicated to integrate um, and just almost seemed to have a different hurdle at every time then. So that one didn't work so well. And then I came on to Help Scout. Um, and <laughs> as much as I can evangelize about Slack, and I've got obviously no financial interest in either of them, um, Help Scout is just the most wonderful, wonderful tool for us now for our clients then. Cool. And that's Scout as in Boy Scout? Uh, that's correct. Help Scout. That's right. Yeah. I think they've got about 9,000 clients. Um, uh, probably not too many on the e-commerce side. Um, I think the founder and CEO is a gentleman called Nick, Nick Francis, I think it is. Um, and I believe they, they're quite keen to get involved on the e-commerce side. And we've been having a couple of conversations there as well. Um, on that note, um, they obviously only have a help desk for our online chat, which is, I think, the next <laughs> top tip mm. then. Um, I know, again, Neil, I think from the Ramp T-shirts mentioned that online uh, chat was a massive, massive conversion tool, on-site conversion tool for his then. Again, I think anybody, but especially people with um, customized and personalized products, to, to have the ability, like you would in store, to talk to a customer at their time of need, <laughs> um, you'd be absolutely silly not to do so. It's, it's ironic because it's often viewed as a, as a help and support tool. Um, I teach my team over here to use it as a help and support team tool. Secondly, it's <laughs> first a sales foremost, tool. Sales tool, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. No. That's that's it's a hugely powerful sales channel, isn't it? Yeah. So, so Help Scout are coming out with uh, with their own chat tool. Um, I'm not quite sure whether we'll start using it, but the fact that it integrates obviously with the help desk is a really, really big plus. So we'll have a look at that just now. And which one are you using at the moment for your live chat? Uh, we're using, ironically, we're using Zopim, uh, which obviously was bought by um, by Zendesk a year or two back then. Um, so we thought it would be a bit of a mission having a separate um, a separate help help desk and a separate um, online chat tool. But to be honest, it, it hasn't been a big thing. We don't really integrate too much. Um, a lot of the stuff happens manually and it's actually working well. The amazing thing about Sopum, especially for a fairly unique business like ours, um, again, you know, maybe, maybe I just haven't found the answer, but I actually use it for all of my sort of live analytics then. Um, the back end of um, Zopim is absolutely amazing. The fact that we can have everything, all our sites information coming into one dashboard, uh, the way the dashboard works, I can see at one glance everything happening on, on my site. Well, in fact, on all sites then, um, we can assign tickets regardless of the site that is coming on. Uh, so absolutely, if anyone's mm. sort of in a multi-site environment and looking for a, an online chat service, then not only for the front-end facility, and all the things that come with it, but definitely for the back-end facilities as well. Really, really good. And I, I probably wouldn't lose it to anything else because of that alone. Awesome. Okay, three great tool top tips there, guys. And uh, now then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I think, again... You know, that's, we're tempted to say a lot of flashy and, and glittery things as well then, but as cliched as it might sound, for me, it's ultimately about the people. <laughs> um, it's about your your team first. I think it's really, really important that you get a team with a good fit and you get a culture that is geared towards customer service, towards ongoing learning, um, that the people are obviously fairly tech-focused as well. 
Um, from there onwards, obviously looking at people within your supply network, then um, focusing on building long and sincere relationships with them. You know, again, we got suppliers who we've been with now for almost 20 years. <laughs> I'm not quite sure whether it happens this, wow. in this day and age because everyone's looking for the cheapest, meanest deal, you know, and is prepared to jump from one supplier to another. Um, and then ultimately your customers. Um, I think it's so important to, to listen, not just hear, but also listen to what your customers are saying. And I think that leads me on to my last point, which is sort of interrelated. And again, from my perspective, it's, it's been one of the areas where I've swum a little bit uphill because a lot of my colleagues and perhaps business advisors have always said, you know, delegate stuff. Then, you know, you're doing too much yourself. And I just feel it's so important to still get your hands dirty and stay close to the action. Um, up until this day, um, I have, I think we've got six or seven of our sales guys all on Zopam on an online chat. I have that open daily. Um, I make a point, not that I have to, but I make a point on a daily basis of marking myself as online and available and serving, serving a couple of chats with customers. And it just keeps me so connected to what's happening to our businesses and I can have conversations with our customers. It's, um, it's one of the wonderful things about e-commerce uh, and all the tools and tricks that come with it then. But you'd think this was a nameless, faceless kind of business then, and it's not. You know, we, we can have customers that come in. We can joke. We can service the customers. We can delight the customers. It's, it's really, really fantastic. I love it. Oh, me too. Um, okay, Master Plan World, you can find those top tips, links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Now, Gary, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your businesses on the web and social media, please? Absolutely. Um, so uh, the site that we've been talking about now is stickerandlabelsa.co.za. And there's a little drop down on the top um, with links to all our other sites there as well. So they can find us there. Um, they can also find us on social media if you go to Sticker and Label SA, again, with links to the other one. Uh, we're not terribly big on social media, perhaps because we don't quite understand it yet, even after these days and years. <laughs> um, and also because it hasn't quite proven to be as great a channel as we initially thought and maybe other people thought as well. Maybe with the exception of Facebook ads, which we're starting to experiment with then. Um, but they can find us, obviously, on those channels. For myself personally, um, just Gary Amstutz on Facebook is probably the best way to get hold of me. And I, I love having conversations. And if I can help in any stage with anybody or just <laughs> shoot the breeze when it comes to e-commerce, I'm always willing to do that then. So feel free to connect with me and we can chat. Okay. And I believe for our handful of South African listeners, you've got a bit of an offer because we should point out you can only buy Gary's products if you are in South Africa. So what's that offer, Gary? Um, we'd love to offer the listeners that are in South Africa um, 20% off their first order on Sticker and Label SA. Um, they can go on there and um, just use the coupon code MASTERPLAN um, just at the checkout then. Cool. And um, Gary, as well as that, you mentioned throughout the importance of um, kind of catching up with other e-commerce businesses. And I believe you're working on some initiatives for that in South Africa as well. So um, feel free to spend a couple of minutes just explaining that. We are indeed. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, I think we were talking a little bit earlier again before the show. And I think business is lonely as it is. And running an e-commerce business is, I would say, ultra lonely sometimes then, um, you know, depending obviously on, I think, your personality type and how often you can and are able to get out of the office or out of the business. Um, I think in, in my personal case, um, you know, I've met with a lot of people, attended many international and local conferences as well. 
Um, but it's you kind of still feel like you, you're fighting the battle alone. Um, another big thing is there's nothing to benchmark against then. And not, notwithstanding the fact that I think in life and business, you should probably largely benchmark on yourself, you know, and what you did yesterday to try and improve and not always chase what everybody else is doing. It is nice to just get a, a little bit of a rough idea of, you know, what are other people's conversion rates then? Um, you know, or, or how is this marketing channel working then? Or if there's any particular things happening in, in their local environment. In our environment now, for example, we've just had an instance, my bank fees have, I think they've gone up by almost 30% in one month then, which is a rather significant amount then. Mm. And the banks have just, uh, we've got sort of a, I hesitate to say it, but um, only a few banks in in this local environment, and sometimes their actions tend to be very, very similar. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> um, so when one does something, the others tend to do something as well. Um, and in this case, obviously spending quite a lot on, on Google AdWords, just randomly they've introduced an international transaction fee, um, which oh, no. works out at about 4 or 5% of, of the value of that transaction, um, which alone just from nowhere results in a lot of money. And there seems to be no logical reason we can't uh, try to get hold of the various institutions and we can't get an idea of what's happening. But, you know, again, I think they rely on the fact that, you know, we all in little silos don't talk about it. So we can't really do much about it then. <laughs> and uh, they'll get away with doing it. And maybe they will get away in this instance then. But I think what I'd like to sort of try and do and the initiative that um, we're sort of planning together with the guys from CCS who we mentioned earlier is to create an e-commerce community in South Africa. Um, and that will probably be in the form of a forum initially then um, where e-commerce or people in the e-commerce sphere uh, can get together and, and can talk about all things e-commerce related then um, and just sort of provide that open platform where these kind of discussions can take place. Ultimately, I don't know, it'll, it'll maybe morph into a few other things as well then. But I think the main thing is that we just start talking about these things then and, and, and provide support for each other. Um, I'm another big believer, you know, probably one of the, the older generation, the e-commerce now, <laughs> uh, I'm sad to say. Um, but when I sort of first started in business 20 years ago, it was still probably at the end of that generation where it was very much us and them. <laughs> you know, keep your cards close to your chest, you know, look carefully at the competition. Don't ever do anything with your competition. And I just feel that the, the world is, is slowly evolving into more of a collaborative sort of mindset then. Um, I, I, it's, I've definitely adopted that. I, I don't look at people in other areas, you know, um, as a threat or anything like that now. My first meeting with people is all about collaboration, not, not even opportunity, just collaboration and help and support. Um, you know, li life's tough and business is tough. Then I think if we could all offer a bit more to everybody else, then we'd all be in a better boat. We wouldn't be in a worse boat. Excellent. Gary, I'm guessing um, if anyone would like to get involved with that, they can just get in contact with you via Facebook, as you mentioned earlier. And what I will do is as soon as you, you've got something for people to look at, um, let me know and I'll make sure we spread it around the world of, uh, of e-commerce master plan too. So, um, Gary, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce master plan podcast today and for being so generous sharing your experience with us. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, Chloe. It's, it's really been a pleasure chatting to you as well. I'm, I'm honoured to be on your show. You've had some fantastic people on there um, and it's, it's great chatting with you. It's, I think I'm the third South African guest that you've had. So thanks also for including us at the bottom of the tip of Africa. And I look forward to chatting with you more at some stage and listening to more of your podcasts as well. Wow. Um, so much insight there from Gary on how he's built his business, key marketing methods, tools, so many bits and pieces. I guess the key things would be the importance of finding the right suppliers and that 
dedication to customer service in order to make sure your business grows and grows and grows year on year on year. Um, so he also mentioned about, you know, the important, it can be lonely in the world of e-commerce. So if you want to, to, you know, to connect with some other people, of course, you can always do that via the e-commerce masterplan world Facebook group, which is ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Um, and, ah, oh, well, given he was going on so much about Audible, I should really tell you that, um, all five of my e-commerce books are available on Audible. So please do go and check those out. Don't worry, I'm not going to read out all the names of them here, but, um, but you can find out details of those by searching for me on Audible. Now, how did Gary get to be a guest on the show? Well, he's a listener, just like you. And he went to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, clicked on the link to apply to be a guest. So if you'd like to be a guest, then why don't you do the same? I am always looking for interesting e-commerce business people to come and join me and chat on the show. So if you think that could be you, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast and click on the link to the guest application form. It's just above the five star review and um, it doesn't take very long to fill it in. Uh, there's no like request for video interviews or anything like that. It's all very quite quite simple and straightforward, but it'd be great to hear from you. Have a great week. Keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.